Welcome to the Media Will Eat Itself podcast, unhindered by sponsored messages and adverts. We're delving into the minds of real people in real situations, talking about topics that affect our daily professional lives. There are no celebrity interviews here, but what we lack in star power, we make up for with the thrills and spills of what it's like to work in modern media. Today, we're talking to Tom Ross, founder and CEO of Design Cuts. I'm Sean Weston. Let's get on with the show. Tom, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. Absolute pleasure. No problem. Would I be forgiven for describing you as a serial podcast guest? (laughs) Uh, It's getting that way, I I guess. I'm definitely a serial podcast host, given that I run two um, that go out weekly. So my life has definitely uh, moved into the podcast space in the last couple of years, for sure. Yeah. What's the appeal for you then? podcasting i think i'm all about the human side of branding and marketing and for me it's just the depth of what you can do it goes so far beyond for me the written word or a a meme on instagram or anything like that i think the audience can have such a fantastic connection to a podcast and also in a busy world where our social feeds are inundated with so much content so much noise to actually really get someone's attention and just be in their ears, even if they're mowing the lawn or in the gym or whatever it might be, but to pretty much have their undivided attention, I think in this modern age is a very rare thing. I love that that you said about the human connection there. There's there's an engagement, isn't there, when when you uh, when you deliver something, when you talk face to face or or over over Skype as we are now, it's more engagement, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, for me, a very close second place to actually us sitting down in person. Mm, yeah. um, but, it, you know, it's so much more human than email or DMing or, or LinkedIn messages or anything. And possibly more successful as, as a format. You know, I, you've heard of Sam Harris since he started his podcast. He has reached so many more people than actually writing a book. So many more people listen to his podcast than have actually bought his books. I love that. Yeah, I think I think it's very indicative of rolling with the times, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So tell me, how successful is your own show? It's called The Honest Designer Show. Yeah, as I mentioned, I've got two shows. So the more fledgling one is called The Honest Entrepreneur Show. Ah, I uh, haven't you heard see of a bit of a theme yeah. here. <laughs> um, I like to things, keep things super candid uh, <laughs> and transparent. That's kind of my brand, I guess. Okay. Um, but I'm a co-host uh, in running The Honest Designer Show. That's a couple of years old. And in the next uh, two, three months, I think we're going to cross a million downloads, which is pretty uh, exciting. I mean, it started with four of us basically having a collective therapy session (laughs) each week. And then one day we went, maybe we should record this and share it with the world. And and luckily, people seem to resonate. Yeah. Well, tell me about Design Cuts and why you started it. Design Cuts is my baby. It is the company I founded six years ago, and it is a community of over half a million creatives, uh, mainly designers, and we basically provide the tools and teachings and resources they use day to day. So that's very fun, geeky stuff uh, like fonts, Photoshop brushes, templates, all that kind of stuff. Um, But much more than what we sell, for me, it's about the heart behind it. It's about the community behind it, and that's something I try and put into everything I do because you know there's there's a lot of podcasts out there right there's a lot of e-commerce sites Mm -hmm. out there 
a lot of people sell the same kind of stuff. And so I'm always obsessed with how do you find the unique angles. And for us, we've really carved out a reputation for how we treat people. We're all about customer service and going the extra mile and and um, essentially being the nice guys and girls in the industry. And that's the thing I'm proudest of. So it works like a repository for, for design resources, but it, but it's actually fed by the community. Is that right? Uh, you think of it kind of like Amazon for graphic designers. So with the digital tools that you use day to day, you can literally go browse around, find what you want mm-hmm. and purchase it. So I guess we, we kind of operate like middleman in that we work with all the product creators, help distribute their products to a bigger audience and get them sales. And then the customers enjoy getting hold of the products. Okay. Am I right in saying it's around about five, six years, five or six years old now? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're coming up on six years. Okay, what's it like starting a business in the 2010s? I think the reality of starting a, a business now, especially an online or media-based business, is how fast the world moves. Mm. And my dad runs his own business. He has done for nearly 30 years. And he talks about how his industry has shifted very dramatically and at points, he's kind of bemoaned it um, because it's, it, it's gone against them or it's got tougher or whatever it might be. But that's happened over like a five to 10 year period. And online, everything is accelerated. So we've had things change nearly overnight or certainly over a period of just a few months where if we didn't react incredibly quickly, we would sink. And so it really keeps you on your toes relentlessly, I think, running a business in this modern age. Uh, I'd like to tap in, if if I can, into your dad being an entrepreneur and you being an entrepreneur, and obviously different generations. What does he think about how you're running your business? Is he amazed by the speed of things and, and the way it's changed? Yeah, he's very supportive. I think, to be honest, there is a, a bit of a disconnect, if I'm being completely candid with you, because we can connect on the fundamentals of business and we can trade war stories and that kind of thing. <laughs> Um, but I think we run our businesses in truthfully very different ways. And so a lot of the stuff where I would love to get into it and geek out with it with him, I think either isn't applicable or he wouldn't want to open himself up to that way of doing business. You know, he's, he's much more traditional business and I think I'm a little bit more creative, wacky startup. Mm-hmm. And so the two can be quite incongruous and, um, some of the stuff we do or invest time or money in to him would seem ludicrous or like a waste um not ludicrous you know he understands it works for me but if i were to suggest some of our strategies for his business i'm not sure it would be the right fit so you 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 studied at saint andrews university so if i think about now where you perhaps got your entrepreneurial streak how much came from your father and your background and how much came from your education very little came from education (laughs) (laughs) um that i pretty much got nothing uh, from that, which is going to help my professional career. It was a great life experience. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, But I've done this stuff since I was 12 years old, Sean. And I've just immersed myself in it from 12 years old. My best friend and I sat down and started knocking out websites. And I've just been obsessed from there. So now that I'm 30, soon to be 31, I've been doing, doing this in some form or another for 18 years. And that has given me I think the uh, the life experience and the business experience to actually know what I'm talking about. It's been a lot of years of trial and error, um, you know, some big failures and big life lessons and a lot of kind of exploration, wandering off of the path, trying stuff, 
it not working out, trying other stuff, being led down a bad path at certain points and having to re-educate myself and kind of get back to my core values. That stuff takes time. And I think a lot of people try and shortcut it. Uh, and I always say, you know, you've got to be patient. You've got to be in it for the long haul. Yeah. Now, 18 years experience at your age is amazing. It's, it's such a well of, of experience to, to draw on at such a young age. It, it's a blessing, but I think kids are often starting earlier and earlier because it was still a little bit unknown and geeky when I was young doing this stuff. And now it's the cool thing to be a, a YouTuber mm. or a young entrepreneur. And recently I was speaking to one of my best friends. His seven-year-old nephew is now running a blog, positioning himself as the entrepreneurial kid, I think he's calling himself. And he's doing stuff that I wasn't doing until I was 14 or 15 years old. He's freaking seven. He's like a child prodigy. Incredible. Yeah. Wow. Do you think being a natural entrepreneur then makes someone a natural leader? No. Where are you in that? What about no. You? I'm a natural entrepreneur that had to very much learn how to be a leader. And it didn't always come naturally. I had only managed part-time remote people before starting my company. And it's been a real journey. We've got about 20 people on the team now. And things like people management, HR, um, leadership, building a, a company culture. I had no experience doing any of those. And so what I had was good intent of being a decent person and caring about people and genuinely caring about my team. But I had to make, as with anything else, right? When you're learning it, I had to mm. make mistakes. I had to cut my chops. I had to get that experience under my belt. And now our team are fantastic. There's no weak links. We've got a real family feel. I'm super proud of the culture. But over the years, like I say, I've made mistakes. I've had to fire people. I've hired the wrong people. I've let poisonous people stick around longer than they should have. I have been very unperfect or imperfect, rather, um, in my leadership at points where I've looked back and thought, God, what a stupid mistake, or I shouldn't have said that, or I shouldn't have done that. But all we can do is not strive for perfection. All we can do is try and do the best job we can. Yeah. And like I said, I think that intent matters a lot because people realize that you're fallible like them. You're going to make mistakes and screw up at points. But if they see you genuinely care, um, I think that often plays out in the long term very positively. That was a, a full and very candid answer. Thank you for that. So no more intense leadership questions now or entrepreneurial <laughs> questions. Let's talk sure. social media. Let's talk about social media, where it's at, where it's going as a, as a professional aid, and what decisions you might make over the next year in terms of how Design Cuts uses it. I read your post recently where you talk about TikTok. For, for our listeners here, can you briefly describe your outcomes from giving TikTok a go? And particularly the things you noticed about Gary V. Yeah. So for the people that don't know, TikTok is a kind of amalgamation. It stemmed from uh, the music.ly, so Musical.ly app. Mm -hmm. And it's now evolved into TikTok. And it is, I think, the social media platform of the moment for the young generation. And adults, as has happened many times, are very skeptical of these up-and-coming platforms. They say, this is just for kids. I'm too old. Um, you know, I'm not trendy enough or whatever. Yeah, it's only because we feel left out, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like, no one likes to feel like a fish out of water. No. It's uncomfortable. Um, and I did. So I, I thought, you know what? I always do this. I always watch these platforms and I wait until they're far too mature and then I jump on and it's too late and I never get that first mover advantage. So I downloaded TikTok and I went on and suddenly I'm looking at a bunch of like 
14 year olds dancing around in their bedroom <laughs> and i'm thinking what is this how is this going to benefit me at all yeah. um but there are people who are killing it on that platform and you mentioned gary v he's very good at being a first mover but i don't think he's currently crushing it on tiktok and i went on his his videos and he's kind of repurposing his content from other platforms. Right. So it's kind of business advice. It's his normal kind of brash style. And whilst people are eating that up on Instagram and YouTube, for example, on TikTok, they were comparing him to Michael Scott from the American office. <laughs> and he was like the cool, uh, sorry, the uncle, like the uncle, guy. Yeah. And it was really interesting just to kind of dig through and educate myself with that reception. But equally, there's a guy on there called the lawyer, I think is his username. And he's a middle-aged dad lawyer full-time lawyer and he puts up videos of him doing embarrassing dad dancing around his <laughs> office and that's it and he's got millions and millions of fans yeah. and like just a bazillion views and he's built such a brand on that platform because no one else is doing that i couldn't see any other lawyers copying him like he really stands out but the kids loved him and all the comments are saying man this guy gets it he's so smart i could see all these kids on here are going to be using him or recommending him when their parents get divorced <laughs> and so that's one example but to be honest i haven't followed through because i've got so much going on um that i posted a few videos i, I learned a few of the nuances of of the platform and then i haven't really done much more from that well but i think I, taught, you, I, I think you just said it though didn't you with that you have to learn the nuances of a platform you can't just like, yeah puts the same stuff across different channels and it takes time to create Absolutely. targeted stuff. Massively. Um, yeah, don't expect to learn it overnight. You really have to immerse yourself in a platform. Mm. And that took me months with Instagram, but I like to think I know Instagram super well now. Like there's always more to learn, but I really have immersed myself in that platform and it feels very native to me now. Yeah. So and with you, TikTok, sorry, super quick, Sean. Yeah, like yeah. With TikTok, I'm part of a... Um, um, mastermind type group and I encouraged everyone on the group there's like seven of us to jump on TikTok and I think it's representative of us as a society how it played out so we all jumped on most of the group never posted very right. surface level they didn't get involved I dabbled I learned it a bit I got some success and then kind of left it and one out of the seven posted regularly and she's a hand letterer and she started hand lettering people's names who requested it in the comments and she's the one in the group who's been consistent she's put in the work she's learned the platform and she's kept it up and she started really blowing up on that platform way more than any other social platform even one she's built up for three years like in a space of weeks she started getting real traction amazing that is that that is like a tiny look at society and how it works we're talking anthropology now aren't we but yeah. <laughs> the group collective gives it a go and then that small percentage it just kind of works for somebody who who gives up the time to do it and obviously she's creative as well so it, that's going to work in, in her advantage right yeah i mean i think it's all too easy though to say well i'm a salesman and that's not going to work on this platform if a lawyer can do it dancing around his office yes. i think most of us can figure out an angle we just can't be lazy we have to figure out a creative application for what we do and how that's going to mesh with the platform and, and that community very good point how much do you think should we be showing our real selves on social channels or at least the self we want to portray rather than the company brand? Is there a balance that needs to be achieved? I think much more than people naturally are inclined to do. Yeah. I talk about this all the time. I talk about authenticity as the new currency. And in a world of social media fakery, I think one of the biggest things we can do to stand out 
is be authentic because it's differentiation by definition when you are yourself you are inherently unique right no one's like you so when you fully go all in on being yourself a few things happen first of all like i say you stand out because no one's like you second of all you start building a tribe and an audience who gravitate towards your truth and i just got off a call today with a very very successful illustrator building up an incredibly engaged, loyal, supportive audience. I mean, I, I see very few communities that care about someone as much as her fans do. Mm-hmm. And she puts out stuff all the time. Like she just shaved her head because um, she felt like it, put out in, into the world. She's all about like body positivity and feminism and these things. And so she's there like dancing around in her underpants. And she's a curvy girl, but she's like owning it. She doesn't care. She posts about smoking weed all the time because she's like a huge fan of weed and it's right. legal in her state. And, and, you know, she is like unabashedly her to the point I find it really inspiring because when I watch her stories, I think, well, I tend to not care too much what people think, but she really doesn't care at all. And it inspires me to go more all in on being myself. And I think that is one of the smartest things we can do as it, social media users. Creating the truth. Yeah, like why, my whole brand um, that I mentioned, The Honest Designers mm-hmm. Show, The Honest Entrepreneur, my entire brand that I'm building is on truth. Because I think it just cuts through the noise. Like people are sick of the highlight reel. People are sick of all the fake influencers and unrelatable celebrities. They want relatable truth. And when you really open up and you're vulnerable and you just share the good, the bad and the ugly instead of just this perpetual glossy highlight reel, that is a lot more resonant for people. Mm, Yeah, I absolutely agree. Well, aside from the emotional side of things and the human side of things, let's talk about the actual format. The, the practical side of the future of creating engaging content. What would you say it is? And we know you love podcasts and, and video. You're a great video channel. Are these formats going to be even more significant when 5G rolls out and augmented reality becomes something perhaps every decent mobile phone can handle? I think you need to roll with it. Like I said before, things move so quickly. So whatever comes up and gets traction, I think is worth exploring. I will absolutely be putting out content in virtual reality format Mm -hmm. as soon as that goes mainstream and is viable for me. And I will try and be a first mover on that. Um, But I think wherever, wherever the eyeballs are and the ears are right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be fussy about it. As long as people are listening to podcasts, I'm going to be putting out podcasts to try and help them. I want to reach people wherever they are. And and that is why I'm cross-platform. That's why I get on other people's shows and other platforms. It's all about where those people are, where your audience are. But I think you you asked about um, how to put out good content, Sean. Engaging content. Engaging content. I think there's a few things which uh, we all need to focus on. First one is bringing true value. And a previous uh, business mentor of mine put this so brilliantly where he said it is is your job you're either going to use your audience or you're going to serve your audience and it was such a paradigm shift for me because i think inherently we're all quite selfish and people put out such selfish content look at me i'm doing this i'm selling this pay attention to me invest in me buy from me and as soon as it's like you shift to what can i do for you and you listen to them what are you struggling with how can i help you what's going on in your life and you deeply get to understand and care about your audience 
a funny thing happens. You start to experience more traction. It doesn't happen overnight. But over time, I think that's how you build something really meaningful. And you should know your community inside out. You should know like, you know, what they live and breathe every single day. You should have such an understanding. You should get out of your own head and your own insecurities and mm -hmm. imposter syndrome and get into their head and work out what makes them tick. It's the fundamentals, not just of social media, but of business, right? You don't just think up some selfish thing and push it out into the world. You try and work out what's the problem that people are experiencing and how am I going to solve it? And I think that's what people should be doing at scale with their social media content. And then on top of that, absolutely, you should be sprinkling stuff like authenticity, putting out your truth, not pretending to be something that you're not sharing very openly, being consistent. Another uh, previous business mentor of mine, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Of course. Um, so an, an, another previous business mentor wrote an article years and years ago, but it still holds true called write epic shit. Mm -hmm. And he got so sick of these generic lazy blog posts where it's just a boring list post or regurgitated information, nothing special. And he said, if you really want to cut through the noise, you have to make your content something remarkable. You have to invest the time and energy and thought into it. How is it really going to like make someone's day or change their life or be a complete revelation for them? And I think that's much easier said than done. But do you ever get those bits of content and you're like, wow, that has literally changed my life or just amazed me or taken me aback? Mm -hmm. Most of the time that doesn't happen. No, we just gloss doesn't. over it yeah. and it's just more noise pollution. So you really have to you have to make it valuable, you have to make it epic, and you have to make it authentic and your truth, I think. Let's let's come back to the design side of things now. How do you think that the wider world of design uh, has changed over the years? It's changed a lot. I mean, the theme here seems to be that things move very quickly. Um, I was a web designer for many years and that's changed massively. I remember getting slightly geeky, but back in the day when I learned to make websites, it was called tables based. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. And then CSS came along, responsive web design came along and now we're all primarily live, living on our phones yeah. and consuming that way. And so that's one example of, of many in the design world, just how fast it's moved. And what, what were you using for, for your first websites? What software? None. I was coding it. You were in coding Note it. Wow. Yeah, I was coding it in Notepad, uh, HTML, basic HTML. This is before HTML5 or anything. Yeah. And I was coding like tables and rows and cells and building it the old school way that way, like yeah. a 12 year old kid in Notepad. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So you are a digital native. So a lot of what you're you're doing, or you know, even though you've got that 18 years experience behind you, it still feels natural, doesn't it, to you? The whole digital side of things. Yeah, and I love it. Like I, at the weekend, I have zero time really. I'm so busy running my company. Every minute I'm not doing that, I'm running my personal brand. Every minute I'm not doing that, I'm trying to sustain a, a real relationship with my girlfriend yeah. <laughs> uh, and my friends. You know, it's a lot, but I, I found myself doing a logo for my personal trainer at the weekend just because I'm a geek about that stuff. Yeah. And I love creating and I love design and it's my fun. It's more fun than Netflix. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a great way to, to end this, I think. I'll, I'll ask you one more question. And I would ask, is the marriage of design and technology a fruitful one? Absolutely. I would argue that my favorite marriage is design and marketing. 
and marketing is a facet of technology. Mm-hmm. So yes, design and technology, 100%. Um, but what I am obsessed with right now is design and marketing because I think individually, um, you know, they can be strong. But when you put them together, it's such a rare thing because most marketers suck at design. <laughs> and most designers suck at marketing. Yeah. Um, and the sum of the parts is, is just so much greater. And I guess the same thing could be said of technology. They both think they can do one another's job, though, don't they? That, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they certainly yeah. do. Yeah. Tom, how do we contact you? Uh, so the best places to find me, and I, I'd love to put out um, a kind of offer for your listeners sean this is nothing paid i'm not trying to sell anything um if i may yeah please please go ahead um so if you listen to the show and you enjoyed some of the things that i talked about with sean i basically in my spare time i love helping creatives uh people in media entrepreneurs so feel free to reach out on instagram i'm at tom ross media and just send me a dm saying that you listen to the show and if you've got any questions um or need some free advice or consultancy hit me up and I'll send you a guaranteed uh, audio or video response answering your question just because that's what I do every day and I, I really enjoy it. And if you want to get any more content, um, my show is The Honest Entrepreneur Show, which I put out every week on YouTube and iTunes. Uh, and I would love it if you could check that out. You cannot beat that. I hope uh, people listening really take you up on that. Thank and you. Uh, thank you so much, Tom, for joining me today. I appreciate it, Sean. It was really great to chat. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me. That was Tom Ross. Check out Design Cuts at designcuts.com. If you've enjoyed this, please rate and review on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you prefer. And thanks for the messages of support for the show. Take a look at my own website at seanweston.co.uk for more information about me. In the meantime, stay tuned. There's more to come.